This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 17th, 2021. All things new, a new heart. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Here, there, everywhere. Good morning. Week three of our uh, first series of 2021. It's weird saying that. Series called All Things New. Two weeks ago, we talked about how, how each and every morning God gives us a, a new day. And, and last week, we, uh, we talked about how God um, wants us to focus um, not so much on the past, but to be open to the possibilities that God is showing us now and in the future as God gives us a new thing. This morning, our focus is going to be um, God giving us a new heart. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us right here on our campus location and all of you at home. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's wonderful to check in with Butch and Cheryl and Linda and Sharon and Dave and Cliff and Barb and Amanda and Lisa. And guess who else is joining us? My brother, Skip and Lisa in North Carolina. Lisa. Hi, miss you guys. Someday we'll be together. Anyway, um, it is so good to be with you. I was doing a little reminiscing, and two years ago, this Sunday, do you know where we were? We were at the Everett Theater. Take a look at, I think we have a picture. Yeah. Wow. So that was our first Sunday at the Everett. For those of you who maybe are newer to us, we had another location for about 18, 19 years on Green Street. It was a rented facility. And then we had to move out and wait for this to be uh, ready. And so we were meeting at the Everett Theater for, we thought for it was just a couple weeks, didn't we, Jason? And it turned out to be like three months. But anyway, God is so good. God is so good and has always provided for us as a family of God. So I'm just, I'm just so thankful. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. And God, I would ask you to settle us in wherever we are so that we might Be ready for the word that you would have for each one of us found in Scripture. That you would show us a new thing, do a new thing in our lives and in our hearts. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So this morning our Scripture comes from the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet born around 622 B.C. before Christ, and he died some 52 years later. Like several other prophets from the Old Testament, Ezekiel was living at the time of the Babylonian exile, which we talked about several times recently. That's when Babylon overtook Judah, destroyed the capital city of Jerusalem, including the temple, and captured and exported many of the citizens from Judah. Now, the difference between Ezekiel and many of the other prophets who prophesied about this, Ezekiel was actually one of the Hebrews who was exiled 
to Babylon. As such, God uses Ezekiel not so much to prophesy of the coming downfall of the country as he used some other prophets, but instead to share a prophecy of hope to the Hebrews already in Babylon like himself. And so our focus this morning, Barry, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying. Is it okay? Okay, good. So my friend Barry, like, posted a picture of me with my microphone, like, out this way to show me how I don't wear it right. So I'm trying. <laughs> I'm not going to fire him over that. Post, though, right, Barry? It was just it, he's just looking or after just me. me. I got to, I got right. to enjoy it, too. I know, I know. Thank you. All right, so this morning we're focusing on chapter 36 of the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel's found in the Old Testament. And this chapter 36 opens in a very strange way as God is telling Ezekiel to prophesy to the mountains of Israel and then to tell them that though even they, the mountains, have been ravaged and crushed in every way on every side, they have become the possession of other nations. They've been the object, the mountains, the object of malicious uh, talk and slander that with God's uplifted hand, the surrounding nations will also offer scorn. Isn't it strange? God uh, telling Ezekiel to talk to the mountains. Then he gives the mountains a glimpse of a bright future. Check this out. Okay, Ezekiel 36, 8 through 12. This is from the New International Version of Scripture. But you, mountains of Israel, will produce branches and fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. I am concerned for you and will look on you with favor. You will be plowed and sown, and I will cause many people to live on you. Yes, all of Israel. The towns will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. I will increase the number of people and animals living on you, and they will be fruitful and will become numerous. I will settle people on you as in the past and will make you prosper more than before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will cause people, my people Israel, to live on you. They will possess you, and, and you will be their inheritance. You will never again deprive them of their children. Yeah. And so... It's interesting how Ezekiel offers assurance to God's people by prophesying to the mountains and telling them of the bright and glorious future that God has in store for them. So this is like talking indirectly to someone, like talking to someone else. You're, you're having this conversation here, but you really want the people over here to get the drift. Now, in all of our counseling, we would recommend that that is not a good way of communication. Triangles, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but God did have an interesting way of trying to make his point here. I guess God gets to do that, but we shouldn't. Yeah. So then God goes on to remind the exiles through Ezekiel, <coughs> excuse me, that God poured out his wrath on them by dispersing them to other nations because they shed blood and they worshiped idols. This resulted in God's holy name being disrespected by the foreign people who, who could see that these people, that these were God's people and, and they were dispersed out of God's land. 
And it's not looking good. And God goes on to say <clears throat> that God will return his people to their land, to their mountains, so that the people of the foreign lands will know, that they'll know that God is Lord, showing them that he alone is holy and in charge. God says he's going to do this. This is an interesting little piece in the scripture. He's going to do this not so much for their sake, the people's sake, but for the sake of his holy name so that the nations will know that he is Lord of all. Yeah. We can see here that God is concerned about everybody, not just the Hebrew people, but all people. It's important for all people to know that God is in charge, that God is Lord of all, that God is holy, God is set apart. And God will not allow his name to be desecrated, to be disrespected by the actions of God's people. When you read this scripture, I mean, Alan and I had a pretty long conversation about this yesterday as we were doing our final preparations. Like, God was really ticked off. It's like, you will not disrespect my name. It's like, yo. No, I'm not doing this for you. Okay. I'm doing it for me. Okay. <laughs> and then God uses Ezekiel to tell his people for a plan of restoration. So when he gets to this, I'm like, oh, okay, good, good news. So check this out. For I will take you out of the mountains. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And so God promises to bring the people back together, back home, back to the promised land. And God will cleanse them. He's going to cleanse them with water. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, we use water to bathe, but also uh, spiritually, symbolically, that water is the cleansing. We, we have here a, a foreshadowing of years later when uh, baptism, uh, when, when John the baptizer has people in the river using water to cleanse them, symbolically washing away their sin as they repent and turn to a new life. Uh, you know, we continue that ritual today when when we offer the sacrament of baptism here at Connection Church, symbolically cleansing with water, washing away sin of old as we declare faith in Jesus Christ and turn to walk that new life that he offers. Yeah. Continuing on with Ezekiel 36, chapter, uh, chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Wasn't it a beautiful thing to hear the children say this scripture, our key scripture verse for today. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so God promises to return and restore the people of Israel. God returns these people to their homeland, to the promised land, to the mountains, as he said at the beginning of the chapter. 
And God will restore them spiritually by giving them a new heart. A new heart. Say new heart. Those of you at home, new heart. God is going to do a heart transplant on his people, on the people who have been exiled, on the people who have turned from God. God will never give up on us. God wants to give us a new heart, a new heart for those who have worshipped others, worshipped idols, on the Hebrew people who have defiled the holy name of the Lord. God is replacing their hardened hearts of stone with hearts of flesh. Think about the difference, stone and flesh, flesh that's pliable, flesh, replacing those hearts that were heartless with hearts that have feeling, with hearts that are capable of truly caring for and loving God and others. Mm. You know, here's the thing. God's not leaving it up to them. This isn't elective surgery here. <laughs> it's not an optional procedure. <laughs> now, I will give you a new heart, God says. I will remove your heart of stone. He's not saying, hey, I I'd like you to do this. He's saying, hey, turn it around. Hey, I'll bring you home if you turn back to me. That's not what God's saying here. No, not this time. Seems that God's kind of tired of his name being disrespected in the greater community. And so God is going to do some heart transplanting of his own here. And then we come to verse 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I will put my spirit in you. God's filling them with God's Holy Spirit to guide them, to move them, and to encourage them as God brings them home. Yeah. Do you ever wonder if God, like, really cares about you or what God is going to do? Well, he says right here, I will. I will. Just have your heart be open and ready. God goes on to tell God's people that they will live in the land of their ancestors, and they will be his people, and he will be their God. He will save them from their uncleanliness and will give them plenty of grain and fruit and crops. God even um, provides for their physical needs. They will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. They will remember their evil ways, God says, and loathe their sin and detestable practices. And again, God tells them he is doing this not for their sake. He says this a couple times in this chapter. It's like, what? Okay, not for his sake. Golly days, it just sounded so harsh. But God says, be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel. He's definitely not pleased and gives direction to his people. A heart transplant. New heart. Clean heart. Pure heart. We're, we're reminded here of Psalm 51 of King David's plea after committing adultery with Bathsheba and sending her husband to the front lines of battle to be killed in action. Psalm 51, verses 10 to 12, New International Version. Create me a pure heart, O God, 
David writes, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. A new heart, clean and pure. King David needed it. The exiled people needed it. You need it. I need it. A new heart, a heart of flesh, not of stone. A heart that is soft, not hard. A heart for God and those around us. Not a heart for our own selfish needs. A heart that's focused on giving, not getting. A heart that sometimes hurts so much that it aches. And when we allow those around us into our heart, it just hurts so much. But that's what God wants. God, not that for your heart to ache so much, but, but having a heart for God causes us to have intense love, unconditional love, and compassion for one another. Yeah. Make me hurt for the things that hurt you, Lord. You know, when God does this heart transplant on us, it, it changes everything. Not just in the moment for, for the lifetime, for eternity. Because this new heart just doesn't beat for ourselves, but for God and for those around us. No longer are we solely concerned with our well-being and ours alone. Not this new heart is big enough to have room for others, and not just family and friends. It's big enough to have room for, um, for those we might not even know. Room for those who might not look like us, talk like us, think like us, believe like us, live like us. Room enough for us to unselfishly share our stuff with those around us, our neighbors, and you know, as God, or as Jesus told us in that parable of the Good Samaritan, who's my neighbor? Well, basically, everybody out there. Everybody out there. Not just those on the other side of the backyard fence. You know, just getting past Christmas, it's kind of like, like what happened to the Grinch, right? Where his heart grew three sizes in one day. Yeah. In our Christian life, the heart is at the core of everything. When I was a nurse down at Peninsula Regional Medical Center, I worked in the intensive care unit. And I remember, this is a really long time ago now, but I remember when the first open heart case rolled through the doors after open heart surgery. And oh my gosh, it was just amazing to consider what had happened, that, that the skill that doctors had, and I was able to watch a surgery. And the heart is an incredible, incredible, incredible muscle that just gives us life. And God is amazing in the way that God created each one of us. You know, when we get that heart transplant spiritually, we get this new heart, and it's at the very core of our existence and, and we're transformed, we become a new creation. A new creation. It allows us to love unconditionally. That's grace. The way God loves us unconditionally. And allows us to forgive when we think that's not 
even possible, the way God forgives us. It allows us to let go, it's hard, let go of hurts and habits and hang-ups that just choke us to death. It allows us to, to release that, allows us to care beyond ourselves, to sacrificially care for kids on the other side of the world like so many of you did with Operation Christmas Child. I mean, here in the middle of a pandemic, we still participated in that ministry. And it was a good thing. And to care for nine families this past Christmas through the Mitten Tree Outreach. Candy Drummond, thank you so much for all you did for that. It was incredible. We, you, 100% of the gifts that were requested came in to support the families. We've never had that, even when we were thriving with like hundreds of people walking through the doors. And a lot of families. Too, and a so. lot of families. We increased our families. Wow. But that's what God allows us to do with this, this new heart, that we're going to serve our food pantry. Every day, people are, you know, there's pickups and there's ways to, to help right here where we're planted if you're interested in being a part of that, um, just please let us know in the church office and we can get you connected. You know, that's the trouble with this heart transplant we're talking about today, though. It, a heart transplant then allows our hearts to be broken. Um, like several of ours were by some kids we met in India a few years ago. And why we're now sending money over there every month to take care of them. <laughs> Broken hearts, yeah. These new hearts are why we, uh, as a congregation, have sacrificially given and continue to do so to build this. Now, it's not the church, but to build this to house the church, to house the mission and ministry that we do here, the outreach, the inreach, reaching to the community immediate and far beyond with our time, our talent, our treasure, connecting people with Jesus and that new life with that new heart that he offers. You know, a new heart means a new life, a new way of looking at the world and everyone in it, a new opportunity every day to use our heart-driven lives for sharing with those around us, what God has shared with us. And like the people exiled in Babylon, God didn't wait for us to ask for it, <laughs> even to realize that we needed it. He gave the new heart of his one and only son. He gave the heart of his one and only son so that your heart and my heart might be made new be made clean, be made pure, so that we might have heart transplants right here, right now. You know, Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. <laughs> Didn't wait for us to get all gussied up, did he? He'd still be waiting. <laughs> while we're still here, while our hearts were still a mess. <laughs> but through his death and resurrection, 
We're offered new hearts, clean and pure. Yeah. Hearts of flesh, not stone. If you've already had that heart transplant, given your life to Christ, you know what I'm talking about, and today is a day of celebration, and every day to come is a day of celebration, a day of thanksgiving. It's important, though, to never forget to ask this question, Lord, what additional heart surgery is needed to continue to be more like Jesus? Yeah, because you know, every single day, we got to remember we are, each of us, a work in progress. A work in progress. We encourage you to celebrate every single beat of that heart that you've given to Christ. If you're still waiting for that spiritual heart transplant, we pray that today might be the day for that. That today you might realize your need for a new heart, for a clean heart, a pure heart, a heart not of stone, but a heart of flesh that is pliable and moldable and ready to receive. Think about a stone that can't receive anything. But when we open up a bit and a little bit more and a little bit more like the Grinch, that our heart becomes full, not of, of us, but full of him. And then we can share that with others. So if today's your day, all you need to do is say, God, I, I want a heart, a flesh, not of stone, come into my life. Be my leader. Direct my steps. I know there's someone. I know there's someone that's listening, that's here. And this is just between you and God. But God is so ready, so ready to say, okay, come on in. Here I am. And you might not feel like a bam right this minute, but tomorrow when you have a decision to make or you're up against it, God's going to be there. And you're going to sense and feel God's presence in a new way that will guide and direct your steps. It is such good news. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. That's what God's plan is for each one of us. And that's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. God, we, um, we come to you. And we ask you, in Jesus' name, to help us look inside to see where it might be that we need a little spiritual surgery. Are we harboring bitterness or selfishness? Are we holding on to something that we need to let go of? Is there a barrier, God, that we know you can break through, but we just have to be willing for that. Great are you, Lord God. It's your breath in our lungs that give us life and cause our heart to beat. God, sometimes it's so hard 
to, to, for our hearts to hurt so much because of love. But that's what you did for us by sending us Jesus. So thank you. And Lord, you're such a good God. We come before you. God, help us in this week ahead. It's a, it's a big week in our nation. Help us be kinder. Help us be gentler. Help us care for one another. Help us see one another with your eyes. That's what a new heart does. God, we pray a covering over the families of our nation, of our world, over Washington, over all the leaders. Lord, we ask you to quicken our hearts so that we might be unified in you. For you are great. And we love you. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.